Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about how menopause affects the brain with Dr. Jen Gunter. Then you learn about the surprising number of patents racked up by people working on NASA projects and how researchers found a plant gene in an insect for the first time. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Yesterday, Dr. Jen Gunter told us about the biology behind some of the most common symptoms of menopause. Today, she's going to tell us about some of the lesser known symptoms, symptoms that happen in the brain. Dr. Jen Gunter is an OBGYN and pain medicine specialist who's been called the world's most famous and outspoken gynecologist. In her new book, The Menopause Manifesto, Dr. Jen counters stubborn myths and misunderstandings about menopause with hard facts, real science, fascinating historical perspective, and expert advice. And I asked her, what are the most surprising symptoms of menopause? Well, I think lack of sleep is discussed, but it's not discussed enough. Uh, And so insomnia certainly is a big one. And unfortunately, insomnia increases with age as well. So sometimes that can be a double whammy. A lot of women mention they have a brain fog in their menopause transition. And it's really interesting. That's actually been studied. And the best way to summarize it is there's a slowing down of the ability to take in new data right? It's not actually a loss of brain cells. You're not, you know, you're not deteriorating, but there's a temporary slowdown in the ability to take in new data. And so after the menopause transition, then, you know, those, those temporary changes tend to reverse. And there's one study that compared a a group of, you know, women in menopause with men and we're in the menopause transition with men and the women in the menopause transition still outperformed the men. (sighs) Nice. (laughs) (laughs) But that that actually reminds me of like baby brain, the 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 fog that women get when they're pregnant. Are those related? Well, they probably are because the female brain is very plastic. Because we think about pregnancy. So it is an incredibly resource heavy task for your body, right? And you know, before we had modern medicine, think about all of the physical carnage and maternal mortality and all of the the biological toll of being pregnant. And so now you have this incredibly vulnerable newborn because human newborns are incredibly vulnerable compared to, you know, other other mammals, right? They need complete attention. And so evolutionarily, it makes sense that the brain would rewire itself to be uber focused on this one all important task, infant survival. So baby brain really is your brain saying, okay, I used to be interested in all of these things because they were really important, but right now I need to marshal all my resources to this one important task. So it's really resource allocation. So basically you become hyper attuned to minute cues. And I mean, that's why, you know, mothers can detect different cries, right? And they're newborn. They can detect different facial cues. They become hyper attuned to their infant. But, you know, your brain only has so many resources, so it has to draw from somewhere. And, you know, so that's why this sort of ability of the brain to rewire itself in response to hormones is is probably also why some women have uh, PMS-like symptoms. Also why depression can increase during the time of the menopause transition and probably also, you know, the same basic mechanism for brain fog. Again, that was Dr. Jen Gunter, an OBGYN and pain medicine specialist who's been called the world's most famous and outspoken gynecologist. Her new book, The Menopause Manifesto, just came out this week, and you can find a link to pick it up in the show notes. 
You've probably heard about at least a couple of now familiar inventions that got their start in space. Stuff like freeze-dried food and space blankets. But that's just scratching the surface. One in every 1,000 patents issued by the United States Patent and Trade Organization has gone to scientists or engineers working on NASA projects. And this matters because it means the funding we put towards space projects pays for a lot more than just going to space. Astronauts face a lot of unique dilemmas that NASA is constantly working to solve. Space is mysterious, after all. But as it turns out, once NASA engineers churn out a cool solution to whatever otherworldly problem arises, there are often ways to incorporate the new technology into everyday life down on Earth. For example, we wouldn't have memory foam if NASA hadn't come up with it. That's right. You can thank a couple of NASA engineers for that memory foam mattress topper giving you comfortably deep sleeps every night. Those engineers were Charles Kubikawa and Charles Yost. In the late 1960s, those two engineers were working at NASA's Ames Research Center to develop airplane seating that could increase passengers' chances of survival in a crash by absorbing energy from the impact. They created a special type of plastic foam that had the ability to deform and absorb tremendous pressure and then return to its original shape. And voila, memory foam was born. Funny enough, as widespread as it is today, the invention was never patented. When Yost went on vacation, a coworker let a reporter take pictures of the memory foam for an article. And patent law requires that you file your patent within a year of your invention being written about publicly. Yost didn't know about the article, so he missed his chance. Yikes. But like I said, that's just the tip of the iceberg. This podcast isn't long enough to give you a full list of the familiar things NASA engineers came up with, but I'll do what I can. Here's a collection of things that were either invented or improved upon at NASA. Water filters, cordless tools, scratch-resistant lenses. I have all of those things. Cochlear implants, invisible braces, LED lights, joysticks, long-distance communication, shoe insoles, enriched baby formula, GPS, safety grooves on roads, digital image sensors, and of course the little upturned fins at the end of airplane wings. So who wants to start an argument about NASA funding being a waste of money? Yeah, I didn't think so. I would like to report a theft. The perpetrator, a small insect called the white fly. This little bug pulled off a major heist that was previously thought impossible. It stole a gene from a plant and hid it in its own DNA. White flies are tiny flying insects that love to munch on plants. They're often found on the undersides of leaves and they're considered agricultural pests. And they've been at this for a while. Tomato plants have been fighting against white flies since before farmers even existed. In an effort to discourage pests like the white fly, plants have evolved a set of chemical defenses. These chemicals can be hazardous, so the genes that create the chemical are often accompanied by other genes that protect the plant itself from those weapons. They disarm them, basically. In this case, tomatoes evolved a gene called BTPMAT1, 
which produces a protein that neutralizes the compounds the plant makes for defense so it doesn't poison itself. But whiteflies? They can eat tomato leaves with no trouble at all. Recently, a team of Chinese scientists was studying how the whitefly thwarts these chemical defenses when they spotted something incredible. The whitefly didn't just develop its own defenses to counteract plant toxins. Its genome literally contains BTPMAT1, the gene the tomato uses to protect itself from its own toxins. To scientists' knowledge, this gene is found in no other insect besides whiteflies. They know it's an identical gene because when researchers altered tomato plant genes to produce an RNA molecule that specifically silences the gene in question, the whiteflies that ate these plants died. But the other insects tested weren't affected one bit. Basically, whiteflies can eat tomato leaves freely because they have a stolen tomato gene that protects them from the tomato plant's toxins. Wild, isn't it? Genetic evidence suggests that the theft occurred roughly 35 million years ago. As for how the gene was stolen, well, that's something scientists plan to explore. They think that a virus infected a tomato plant, the gene was accidentally copied into the virus, and then a whitefly might have ingested the virus. It's a series of unlikely events for sure, but once it happened, natural selection would have easily taken over from there. However it happened, the whitefly is one impressive little thief. But don't judge them too harshly. If all is fair in love and war, then stealing your enemy's weapons during the arms race of evolution totally counts as fair game. Let's do a quick recap of what we learned today, starting with the fact that, according to Dr. Jen Gunter, a couple surprising symptoms of menopause are insomnia, which she says is not discussed enough, and brain fog. That brain fog is a temporary slowing down of the ability to take in new information during menopausal transition. The human brain is good at allocating resources based on current needs. So things like brain fog and a new mom's baby brain are actually features, not bugs. And we also learned that people working on NASA projects rack up every one in 1,000 patents. Remember that when you think about NASA funding, because it's not just about space exploration, although that is very valuable too. But without them, we wouldn't have inventions or advancements in tons of areas, from memory foam mattresses to baby formula to LED lights and sensors. And by the way, when you think about NASA inventions, you probably think of things like Tang, Teflon, and Velcro. I know I did. Apparently, those were not invented by NASA. They were already in use on Earth when NASA decided to use them for space missions. It sure didn't hurt their sales, though. Yeah, that's not a bad selling point. Use this thing, because they're also using it literally in space. I also had to look up whether duct tape was invented by NASA, and it wasn't either. It was definitely around a lot longer than NASA was. Anytime I think of duct tape, I think of every Mythbusters episode where they experiment with duct tape. Yeah, I mean, it's just endlessly useful. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> and we also learned that an insect called the white fly stole a gene from a plant and hid it in its own DNA. White flies can eat tomato leaves because their genome contains the same gene the tomato uses to protect itself from certain toxins. And we don't know exactly how the white flies did this. I mean, maybe a virus accidentally picked up the gene and then white flies ate it. Scientists will keep looking into it. But either way, 
Genetic evidence does suggest this theft happened about 35 million years ago, so we're a bit past the statute of limitations in a court of law. Looks like these thefty little buggers got off scot-free. Thefty. Thefty. It's a word now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this this blew my mind because animals and plants steal genes all the time, but they do it from other animals or other plants, especially like bacteria. They'll like trade genes back and forth like nobody's business. But this is the first time that an insect has stolen a gene from a plant, like has gone across the tree of life and been like, yoink. Yoink. (laughs) That's what it said. Amazing. Today's writers were Joni Folletto and Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also an audio editor on today's episode. Our producer and lead audio editor is Cody Goff. Go drink some filtered water on your memory foam mattress while you're doing something with LED lights to help you see. And think about how much NASA helped you do it. Then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious.